Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 65. Today we're talking about closure during distance learning with our special guests, Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi from the Music Room podcast. We'll share some highs and lows from our school year, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room and the distance learning music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So on today's podcast, we are so excited to have our first special guests that we've ever welcomed onto our podcast. We have Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. So can you guys uh, introduce yourselves and tell everyone where you're teaching and what your current teaching situation is, even if it's a little weird? (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for uh, having us on the show. I listen to your show often, so it's really exciting to be on. Uh, So I'm Aileen Miracle, and I teach near Columbus, Ohio in the Olentangy Local School District, and I teach first through fifth grade general music, third, fourth, and fifth grade choir, and fifth grade band, although of course that looks a little bit different right now. Uh, Katie and I actually co-chair the elementary music department in our district as well. Yay, thank you, Aileen. I'm Kivanichi, and I work with Aileen. Sorry about that. So um, I am also in the Olentangy Local School District. I teach kindergarten, third, fourth, and choir at three different buildings in the district. So um, this is just one of my many hats. And I get to share not only a building with Aileen, but also the co-chair position, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, So we are going to be sharing our highs and lows. Usually it's from the teaching week, but since we are talking about closure for the entire year, we thought we would pick some highs and lows, a high or a low from your entire teaching year in a nutshell. So uh, Aileen, would you share something from your school year? Sure. Um, I actually did decide to choose something from distance learning, even though this whole situation has been really hard and I wouldn't call the situation in general a high, but um, I have seen some really cool, like creative projects and products from my students. Um, And I don't know if it's because A, they're going through something that's pretty difficult. So that usually, you know, motivates creativity or B, they have a little bit more time on their hands, or C, they're getting more comfortable with technology. But like I had a fourth grader who sent me a song that she wrote with her dad playing piano behind her. And it was like about this whole situation, which was just like, I just listened to it and sobbed. (laughs) And then I had another fourth grader who um, wrote me a song called, uh, I made a cupcake for you and for me. (laughs) (laughs) And he said it to me over Schoology, which was awesome. Um, And I'm also seeing some reflection from kids that I haven't seen before. I think, I think because like when we're 
meeting with them in person, we have like 15 minutes with them once a week, right? So it's just, it can sometimes feel rushed with everything else we have. So even though I'm not getting nearly as much work back as I would like to, some of the work that I'm getting from students is like super creative and really reflective. Like I'm getting some really cool reflections in Flipgrid. So I, like I said, even though the situation is really hard, I always like to look at the bright side. So I'm just trying to look at the cool things that I'm getting back from kids and trying to figure out like, okay, when things are back to normal, how can I encourage that kind of creativity? Nice. Wow. And it's so brave of you to go with the online thing. And, and that's awesome because <laughs> it's nice to end on a good note like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about you, Katie? What is your high or from the school year? I'm also going with the online angle because I feel like who can remember anything before this time now, right? I mean, it's like an existential moment. So I feel stuck in it um, in good and bad ways. So um, sort of one and a half. I apologize. I'm that person who can't cut things off. But um, most, most excitedly, I think the moments where I still felt community, the strength of community. So um, our department put together a virtual ensemble. And not only was it a high because it was really cool to see some teamwork from our team. And often we are islands. So to get half of our, even half of our department together on something was really cool. Um, but also a high because it almost didn't work at all. <laughs> and putting all the puzzle pieces together felt really accomplished at the end. You know, it just felt like we saved it at the end when you agree, Aileen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it almost didn't well, see the light husband, of day. Your husband saved it because it's <laughs> incredible with editing and it made it sound fantastic. <laughs> it turned out my anniversary gift. <laughs> oh. um, and and uh, on the student side of things, earlier in the year, my choir my choir is a little bit different than maybe the traditional choir. So rather than focus on performance, we go into um, different community areas. And so we focus more on service than performance. So my fifth grade group goes in and sings for nursing homes. And one in particular, I have a really good relationship with uh, their artistic director. She works with really well with the residents there. And so um, we made, uh, we made a virtual recital and the students uploaded different videos of them playing or doing duets with family members. And I was able to share that with the nursing home that we have this great relationship with. So even though it wasn't the choir, it was really cool to be able to share that with them. And it turns out they had just had a flat screen TV donated to them um, that they had put on a cart. So even though the residents could leave their rooms, they were wheeling this video down the halls so that people could see it. And that was really cool. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, how about you, Carrie? Well, I'm going to go pre-COVID times because... What? <laughs> these times have been difficult. I mean, as we all say, I mean, I, I do appreciate what you said, Aileen, about, you know, having the quality versus the quantity as far as student responses. I'm in the same boat where I have pretty low rate of student responses, but some of the responses I've been getting have been really good. And I feel like I've been able to take this time to go in more depth with like music appreciation stuff that I don't normally get to do as much mm -hmm. as I'd like in my real classroom. But aside from that, if I think pre-COVID times, I would say my 
my big high this year has just been feeling like this year was the first year at my school. This is my fourth fourth year at the school where I feel like the kids are really mine, you know, and um, even my sixth graders have been doing an awesome job this year in the music room and I feel very connected to them which makes it hard to say goodbye to them in this way because I've had them now since third grade but you know just feeling like overall um, behavior issues have been so much better this year participation's been better just musical experiences have been better and um, I was very fortunate to have an amazing student teacher the first half of the semester. I'm so thankful he was able to complete his student teaching before all of this happened. I feel very bad that his secondary placement is all completely online. Like he never even got to see those students in person before we went to this thing. But I was very fortunate to have him. He was awesome. So I just felt like until beginning of March, it was just a really, really pleased with what we got accomplished. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to also talk about the entire school year, and I guess I can include a little online, but this was the first year that I taught middle schoolers, um, seventh and eighth graders. I've, I've taught sixth graders uh, a lot, and I know that now I think they're officially middle schoolers in most places, but um, this was my first year where I had sixth, seventh, and eighth grade general music class, and it was all of the kids who were not in band or orchestra. So that's kind of, um, I don't know, a challenging thing since I don't know them. These are kids who are opting out of playing an instrument. And they've also had a different music teacher for their entire, since they've been in first grade. So that was a little frightening initially for me. Um, and honestly, at seventh and eighth grade, uh, middle schoolers, they, they really are concerned about what the other kids think of them. And that kind of like clouds over a lot of things. And during the school year, I felt like, you know, I would have a, a great day with them. And I would I'd think, oh my gosh, they're finally on my side and we're going to get so much done. And then just when I would think that they'd be like, you know, we'd have a class where uh, there was a few kids who really just wanted to work on their comedy routines or something, you know. Um, so... When we went online with seventh and eighth graders, I really also, like you were saying, Carrie, I did a lot more of like a music appreciation, world music angle. Um, and I was surprised that from, a, there are a few that have not done much of anything, but then I did have some and some surprising middle schoolers who would like message me through the Google Classroom and like, you know, this was really interesting. I can't wait to see what, what country we're looking at next. And I'm like, what is is that you so and so because things they would never say in their classroom you know they can say one on one with me so that was really nice to see and um i'm really sad that i did not get to see say goodbye in person and we're, we're going to be talking about closure and and what that can look like but um i'm just i taught seventh and eighth graders and after so many years of teaching i just never thought that would happen and uh i think if I had to do it again, and I don't, I'm not going to be doing that next year, but I feel okay about that. So that was good. And now it's time for our main theme where we are going to be talking about closure of the school year 
during distance learning because obviously things are going to look a little different. Things are very, very different. Um, so we're each going to go around and share just maybe one or two ideas of how we're providing some closure for our classes or specific things that maybe we might normally do in person that we're doing differently distance wise. So we're going to start with Aileen again. Okay. How are you providing closure for your students okay, so or yourself? I'm going to go through like by grade level, if that's okay. So if I get too wordy, just cut me off. <laughs> um, so with um, usually with the kids, you know, when we're in person, I would be doing like, I often do a choice day where they get to, you know, if the weather's nice, we go outside and we play singing games, but obviously we can't do that. So I decided with first and second grade, um, I made a Nearpod, which you could do something like this in Seesaw or in Google Classroom or really on any platform. But I um, started the lesson with like a listening, um, a little bit of a listening lesson when they listen to a piece of music and respond to it and listen to another piece of music and respond to it by like circling which emoji they thought um, the, you know, represented the mood of the piece. And then we started talking about, okay, now what are your favorite songs or chants from music class? And I had like a visual of eight different songs and chants, like an apple tree and it said apple tree underneath it and seesaw and said seesaw underneath it. And I had them circle their three favorites just as like, like look at all of the songs and chants that we learned this year in music class, what are your three favorites? And then um, in Nearpod, I was able to connect it to Flipgrid. So then they got to do a Flipgrid and this actually just went live. So I haven't seen the work from it yet, but um, cause this is actually our last week of music instruction this upcoming week here. Um, so we went to a Flipgrid where they were able, they're able to discuss, either just tell us what their favorite song or chant or activity for music class was, or I also invited them, like if they'd like to sing it for us, they can as well. So that's what I'm doing with first and second grade. I'm excited to see those responses. Um, with third and fourth grade, um, Katie and I actually both assigned a music memory book. Um, that's in Google Slides and is kind of the same thing as first and second grade where it allows them to reflect on their year in music class and talk about their favorite songs and their favorite activities and that kind of thing. Um, Katie, you can feel free to chime in if you want. Yeah, um, I love, I love the responses we're getting. They're very sweet. Yeah. Um, and I can give you a link to the memory book if you're interested. Um, but it was just a nice way to kind of have them reflect on uh, what their learning was in, in music this year. And also uh, another colleague of ours uh, made a music field day hyperdoc, which I thought was super fun. I helped him with, him, with it a little bit, but um, he did the bulk of the work. So I already talked to him and said, hey, do you mind uh, if we share that link with the podcast viewers? And he said that was totally fine. So if you want that link for your show notes, it's just like you know, like hot potato, there's like a hot potato chant and there's like a plainsies clapsies, like things that you would do on a field day, but music related. Um, and that was kind of an optional assignment. So I'm excited to see if kids do that as well. And then with fifth grade, we're finishing up a genius hour activity or like a project. Um, so they started off a few weeks ago by watching an overview of what genius hour is. And real quick, I'll try to explain this quickly. It's the idea of genius hour. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of like I think it was uh, created at Google where an hour of their work week, they're allowed to spend exploring whatever they want. 
So I did make it a little bit more structured than that, like it had to be music related and I gave them a few choices and they chose from those choices, but also had um, the opportunity to choose something else if they wanted to. So they've been doing a lot of like exploration with like videos and hyperdocs and things about like coding or creating instruments or songwriting or podcasting. Um, and then this week they're going to hopefully create something based off of that topic that they will share with us. And I'm also having them do a flip grid to reflect on their uh, project. And then in band and choir, I just made a flip grid to have them talk about their favorite memory of band and choir this year. So I'm finding Flipgrid to be a really awesome tool for that reflection piece. Um, so I tried with every grade level to kind of like give them an opportunity to do some kind of reflection and thinking about their learning for the year. That's awesome. I really love all of those. And yes, we'll definitely accept your amazing offer and your colleagues offer to share the, the music field day thing. That sounds really cool. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. All right, Katie, I know Aileen already talked about some things you guys are doing <laughs> together, but what else do you have to add as far as closure goes? Wherever we could at all three of my buildings, we've looked for ways to still do some of the culminating activities. So um, earlier at the beginning of the closure, um, we were just about to finish recorder in fourth grade to, to finish out with a recital. We had even done our final dress rehearsal. So um, even earlier in this closure, it was really neat to see Flipgrid used as a virtual recorder recital platform. So the students were able to still play their pieces. They weren't able to play the duets, although some of them said, just pretend like you hear my partner <laughs> and they still did it anyway which was really sweet so that was that was a good way to start the closure because it allowed me to process okay there are ways that you can still wrap things up so um having that experience at the beginning i think helped a lot our one of my buildings also did a really cool virtual diversity night because we again were only a couple weeks from the closure when um at the end of the planning of that event so we didn't get to do it in person but um, we just spread it out over an entire week and we engaged some of the students to be a part of that too and help us prepare materials. So all of the teachers across the building did different, um, diverse read alouds and there was a music and dance day. So, um, where teachers could push in and maybe present something for that we did, and then we also sought out some of the students that we knew that had specific dance experience, and a lot of the parents reached out and said they were just so pleased to get to see their kid get back into their dance clothes and move because they're missing those seasons right now. Um, so I'm really, really thankful that we were able to do that event, and then Aileen and I will both be attending various virtual clapouts. So um, there will be all three of my schools are doing sort of a clap out event from our cars this year. When I ask you, a clap out is like a continuation type ceremony? Is that what Kind we of, yeah. So our fifth graders across our district have this tradition of clapping out. So at the end of the school year, the last day, um, they walk through, they parade through the hallways and the rest of the building lines the hallway and claps them out. So, um, and there's also, typically some version of that on the way to the buses too. 
So we're sort of reversing that, if I remember it correctly, Aileen. So instead of the kids parading, well, they're going to be in their cars, right? Yeah, so we're going to be in the parking lot, all socially distanced, of course. Yes. Open up our trunks or whatever and, and sit, like I have a hatchback, so I could sit in my trunk looking out and we'll all be distanced away from each other. And then the, the kids will be parading in their parents' cars around the yes. park and we'll be clapping them out. And our district is actually doing the high school graduation in a similar manner, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those things happen, but it's nice to have some piece of that tradition. Yeah, definitely. Those are yeah. all great ideas. Thank you for sharing. Um, am I next, Tanya, since I'm already talking? <laughs> sure, if you want to be. Okay, thanks. So um, <laughs> typically at the end of the year, I, I do choice days a lot as well, like what Aileen was talking about. So I like that idea of having the kids share a favorite thing. And then another thing I like to do, especially for older kids, is um, an end of the year escape room. And thanks to Aileen who, who shared the idea of doing a digital escape room kind of at the beginning of all of this online learning thing. And I thought, ooh, save that for the end of the year, Carrie, because I like to do kind of a escape third grade music. You're going on to fourth grade music type of thing. And so I thought I'll do that digitally. So I created an end of the year escape room for my third through sixth graders. And just because again of the fact that, you know, my return rate on work is kind of low. I didn't want to go through the process of making a separate one for every grade. So I just made one generic one. So cognitively it's more simple for the sixth graders but I still got feedback from them saying that was really fun thank you for doing that which was sweet you know a couple of them so the idea of the escape room is um, using a thing link another thing I learned about from Aileen thank you Aileen yeah is a it's an online platform where you can use images or videos including 360 images and videos to insert uh, links and then the students go to these various links from this thing link And so in this case, it was a digital escape room where there were four different tasks they had to complete. One was on a Google form, one was a Kahoot, one was just me doing a sing-along video, and then another one was a PowerPoint or a Google slide, excuse me, thing. And then at the end of each of those tasks, they got a letter, like an alphabet letter. And then they had to go to a final Google form, which was linked in the thing link. It was actually embedded. So the kids did it right there in the thing link. And they had to enter the secret passcode, which was sing. I hope none of my students are listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the password was sing. And so once they entered the password in the Google form, it said, congratulations, you escaped the music room. So I just put that out last week and I got some good feedback from the kids that they really enjoyed doing that. And even though it wasn't necessarily personalized to each grade level's, you know, concepts or skills, it was just still kind of a fun wrapping up the year. What did you learn? And I did, you know, each task was something different. One was like a melodic game. One was a rhythmic game. One was about instruments. And then the other one was just a sing-along video. So I tried to kind of hit different skill levels, skill areas that way. So that was kind of cool. And then the other thing that I'm doing and I'm working on it right now is for me, again, it's sixth grade, a continuation project using good old Flipgrid, love Flipgrid. So each student is recording themselves um, saying a video of how they would positively affect the world. And then I also put out a Google form with a bunch of like classic, you know, graduation continuation songs, you know, kid-friendly ones, and they're all going to vote on the ones they want. And then I'm going to take their Flipgrid videos and put them together in like iMovie. I haven't started it yet, so I hope that this, that this is how it's going to actually work. But I'm going to put it together, and this is going to be 
they're goodbye performance. Typically the sixth graders do sing or perform in some way at continuation, which has been a little scary the last couple of years. But this year was the first year I was really looking forward to it. Cause again, these were kids that I felt like knew me the best and were the most comfortable singing and performing. And so I was actually disappointed that we didn't get to do that this year, but I thought there's no way they're gonna all individually sing on Flipgrid, that's not gonna happen. So instead it's gonna be, there's background music that they're choosing that's meaningful to them, but the, the part that they're contributing is a video where they're sharing how they will positively affect the world. And I started to watch some of the videos yesterday and I was just crying because it was just so sweet to hear some of the things they were saying. So those are kind of my wrapping it up. Oh, and I will share one other thing if I may. So um, one thing I've always wanted to do, and again, I've never really had time because I'm always scrambling at the end of the year to get it all in, right, is I always like this idea. I've seen this around where people do units on like campfire songs. So I'm going to create a thing link, and this will be my last thing that I'm putting out to everyone, K through six. And it's a, a 360 image of like a campfire, like a camp circle. And there will be a bunch of different links to campfire songs. So when I make that, I'll put it on our show notes. I've started it, but I haven't finished it yet. Oh my gosh, I love that, Carrie. I actually have been, I recorded some videos of me singing some camp songs because our first graders are doing like a, we do camp skeeter every year. So they're doing a virtual camp skeeter. So I put together some sing-along videos, but I wonder if I could put those in a thing link and make it Yeah, and I'm reusing videos that I've been using throughout online learning. So I'm not necessarily outside at a campfire, but I already warmed yeah. my family because we do have a fire pit in our backyard. I said, okay, on Mother's Day, guess what we're going to do, guys? We're going to make a fire and we're going to sing songs together and you guys are going to be on my thing link. So my second- That's a great idea. So that'll be kind of my final thing that I put out to, to everyone and then, you know, encouraging them to, because they do get to keep their technology all summer. So I will encourage them to use it all summer if they're having any campfire sing-alongs, if they have a fire pit in their yard, if they're allowed to do that in their city or county, that they can bust out Miss Nicholas's campfire songs and sing along. So when it's done, I'll share it. So cool. That is really similar to, um, Carrie, what I was going to be doing this next week with um, my mountain kids that I won't be, my mountain school, uh, first grade through eighth grade, I won't see them after this year because they'll have a new teacher next year. Um, and so it's very strange because the last time I saw them was right before Oak happened, right before I left sub plans at that school to go to Oak and who knew I would never go back. So that's kind of weird. Um, Cause I just, I, I keep thinking what is in that room? I mean, I know I left a lot of things for the sub and I just can't wait to go back and see what's there. Uh, but I won't see the kids like ever again. I can't even like put my, I can't even remember like the very last time I saw the fifth graders there. I just, it was so very long ago because it was before COVID and before Oak happened. And that was early March. And I, I keep thinking if, if Oak had been when it usually is, which is like the third week in March, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, we had that conference right before everything was shut down. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, I digress. So with my mountain kids, I am doing some uh, Google Meets and we're gonna be doing the sing-along campfire thing because that's how I like to wrap up the year. And especially these kids, these are, they're, they're probably out by fire singing right now because they're very, this is like, they live outside and it was not too surprising that I have a lot less tech, uh, 
tech participation from these kids because that's it's just not where they're at and the whole school has traditions of when they have um like what we call rocket days at my other school and they have days that are like more project-based they're going like river rafting and they're going outside and they're doing things like in nature because it's right there like so many times i would drive to school and see elk on the way like this is where they're at so i wanted to to wrap up with some campfire songs and I'm putting out a survey to the younger ones as to which songs that we've done before do you want to do all together and so it'll just be a google meet where everybody is on mute except for me which I, I tell you what I'm still not over that it still feels really weird to sing to a screen and mm -hmm. sing and strum and not hear the kids voices or when you do hear the kids voices who um, you know they're off you gotta mute them real quick I had a, a boy, a second grader, who had a, a, like a, um, a miniature guitar and, and he kept unmuted himself and he's playing and he's singing and he's having a great time and he's, he's not meaning to be, um, you know, off. He's not trying to be a, 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 a jokester problem kid. He's just really into it. And it's just really funny because I keep muting him. He's like, what happened? <laughs> and he unmutes himself so he can hear. And anyway, um, so with that whole school i'm going to be doing sing-along things now i'm not with my sixth seventh and eighth graders there they are and i've noticed this about middle schoolers and my own son who's a freshman in high school um the flip grid things that's not their favorite thing they don't want to be seen and the videos i get mm -hmm. back from them have like big stickers over their faces or they've digitized their faces or i've had a couple where they just put up the white screen or the black screen and they scrawl on it and you know initially you go oh they're just trying to you know be different again but no they just they have a problem with being seen from their peers and so i'm giving them a choice um i'm i'm giving them a form to fill out where it's going to be just like an overview of music that helps me when I'm needing comfort, music that I like to listen or a song I listen, like to listen to when I'm sad, a song that pumps me up and gets me excited. So I'm just having them kind of reflect on music in general from their lives. And so I've been putting together a Spotify playlist and I, not, I know not everybody's on Spotify, but I'm also going to give them the list so that they could put it together themselves. And I'm telling them that you don't have to, I will, not I will not say who picked what song. So you just put out whatever you want and we'll have the Spotify pay playlist to listen to that is just a contribution from all of your classmates. So I'm gonna be doing that with the older kids. And I'm also gonna be doing that um, at my other school with the fifth graders. And this is, um, kind of a hard year because my own daughter is a fifth grader at the school that my husband and I teach at. And so there's a lot of graduation type of continuation things that are not gonna happen. And we're gonna be doing the car parade. But I didn't know about this clap out. I just wrote it down because I think that's would be an awesome way to do it. And Craig and I are talking about like, okay, we're gonna be parents and not teachers that day usually we're like on the teacher end and and doing all of the things and we thought you know it's just this one she only gets this one year and we're just going to be her parents on that day um but along with those fifth graders those those fifth graders they're more likely to do a flip grade so for them i'm, I'm giving them that form of like favorite songs and things 
And also there's a place on there for a favorite uh, memory from music class. But I'm also giving them the opportunity to do a Flipgrid because uh, they are more likely to get on and, and do a Flipgrid, those fifth graders. And so um, with the young ones, it's sing-along situation, Google Meets, and with the older ones, I just want them to reflect on music in their life overall because through all of this distance learning, I've been struggling with how much should I be really making sure we've got these concepts down, we've got this music literacy down, and how much should I just be pushing um, making music and enjoying music for yourself as an individual and as a community, even in your family. And I've really defaulted to doing less of, okay, kids, can you com compose an eight measure rhythm using Cinco Pa? I kind of have thrown that out in the last few weeks and I'm really focusing more on, you know what? You can play this rhythm with me. You can play this ostinato if you want, or you could just sing, or you could play a beat, but here's the song that we all know. So I'm doing a lot more of that right now. And it'll be interesting in the fall to see what happens because I am concerned overall just about how we're viewing the arts in general and of course, especially music. And I think we really need to highlight the music as a, um, you know, a joining force. And yes, music literacy is awesome. But in the end, that's not what I remember from my experiences when I was deciding that that's what I wanted to do with my life. It wasn't because like, well, I'm an awesome sight reader, which I'm not, but it was because of the experiences I had with people in choir and musical theater and in band when I was younger. So I've defaulted to more of that. And I, I'm always fighting with myself because I'm always, you know, well, the pedagogy, Tanya, you got to get back, you know, make sure that these kids are keeping up their inch and singing skills. But you know what? I, I can't be all things, especially when they won't go to my page. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing a lot of community things, especially at the very end here. And I just want to highlight the importance of music in our lives. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Like Katie and I have had several conversations about our big rocks. Um, I was just going to bring up those big rocks. Yeah. <laughs> but like with fourth grade, for example, I was planning on before the closure, still teaching them Cinco Pa and High Do. And I did manage to fit Cinco Pa in, but I just let High Do go. And I said to Katie, you know, in the grand scheme of things, how much does High Do matter? And then as soon as I said it, I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> is it bad I just said that but like it that community piece is so important and so I think this is making us realize like the power of music and and it yeah like we want kids to remember the community of singing the power of it the therapy of music how music can bring us together and can heal us in a time like this and that I'm going to venture out and say is more important than high dough. And I'm sorry if that is irritating to anyone, but. <laughs> I honestly don't know any music educator worth their salt who would uh, challenge that. <laughs> so I like these common themes that I'm hearing about closure, that it's about the community. It's about reflecting. It's about making music together in the best way that we can. But yeah, the healing power of music and the, the, community aspect of music and Tanya kind of alluded to that too but it's also that that good little advocacy piece that we should all be thinking of right now 
because things are scary for next year. And, you know, the more that we can let our community know that music is important in their lives and it's, it's, everyone knows it, but sometimes, you know, the, the hierarchy of things, it gets convoluted. So I, I like this idea of just music being healing and bringing us together. It's awesome. And now it's time for our Work Smarter, Not Harder teacher tip. And we are so excited because our special guests each are going to give us a Work Smarter, Not Harder tip. And I'm not sure who's, oh, Katie, why don't you go first this time and tell us something? Thank you. Uh, my Work Smarter, Not Harder um, was that even though we're using technology as a tool and as a platform, that it doesn't mean that we have to give up the way we plan a good lesson. That good teaching is still good teaching. So I realized after the second or third block of lessons that I was releasing to students that I wasn't always giving enough review, that it's still good teaching to leave some review pieces in. I didn't have to make 10 new videos for every new lesson. So um, sometimes, embedding the same video that they saw the previous week, but then just asking for new information saved me so much time. That's my I, biggest one. I totally agree. Katie, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I have found myself doing that. And it's like the kids get excited and they're like, I know this one. I've seen this video. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Well, and plus, if you don't know who has actually watched the video, then you're probably showing it to the first for the first time to someone who didn't see in the last lesson absolutely awesome that's so true aileen what do you have for us okay so this idea of batching i don't know if you've heard that term but it's a kind of big in like the business or entrepreneurial space that you try to sit down and do like tasks at the same time instead of trying to multitask and like sit down and like answer a little bit of email and then do a video and then write a lesson and then do this and then do that. So I've been trying to be mindful about that in uh, my work with distance learning. So um, like one example of this is because I was so worried about who was actually completing the lessons like we just talked about, I was finding myself checking student work every single day and inputting it into my gradebook every single day because I was so curious as to what they were doing and did they understand the lesson and but then once I uh, saw enough work to realize okay this is working they get it I am only do doing that twice a week so I still sometimes will check how many kids have done the lesson because like in Nearpod or in Pear Deck like you can see that really easily you can just look at the number and you can see, okay, well, it looks like five more kids did it today, great. Um, but instead of looking specifically at each student's work, just twice a week, I sit down and I go, okay, first grade, let me see the new work that I've received and I'm putting it into the grade book. Okay, second grade. And I feel like I'm more productive that way because I'm in the zone of, I know exactly what I'm looking for, I know which tabs to press and that kind of thing. So I think it saved me time. Total, and I've heard that from you, Aileen. I've heard about batching, and I've been trying to do that with my videos, especially mm -hmm. like my instructional videos, because yeah. every time I get away from it, I'm like, I forget. Do I need to switch the mic here? And like, so it's a great 
time saver for that. Yeah, I, I've been trying to do yeah. all of my videos in one sitting. Sometimes it has to be two because life happens. But yeah, that way you're not like making a teaching video every day. Exactly. Plus, Plus makeup. then you only have to like <laughs> yeah. really do your hair and like make it. yourself yeah. presentable once yes. a week. Yeah. That's a true story. Yep. <laughs> and now it's time for our coda section where we each give a personal or professional recommendation and today we have our special guest so we're going to have four codas it's so exciting so we're going to start with katie again katie what is your personal or professional recommendation well this is a slightly multi-part coda. In promoting our own conferencing, video conference, for Aileen and our fourth graders a couple weeks ago, I pushed into a classroom and they happened to be doing their read aloud. And their read aloud is called The Unwanteds. And The Unwanteds is a six or seven book series by Lisa McMahon. And now I'm reading it and also co-teaching the reading group. <laughs> so uh, The Unwanted is, is YA dystopian, which is one of my favorite genres because it's so accessible and easy to digest, you know, in between breaks and whatnot. And when students come of age, around 13 kiddos come of age, they are sorted into wanteds who are chosen for their high intellect, necessaries who end up farmers and working in the community, and unwanteds who are identified for their creative skills and oh. sent out. So they think that they're all being sent out to die. And when they go to the place they think that they're going to die, they find out there's actually this magic land that they can go to to learn music and art as a way of like creating and um, improving their world. And they also use art and music as defensive skills and like magic. It's amazing. So wow. I was so excited that this teacher was using this as their class read aloud. And I've, I'm two books in now. And just yesterday I ran one of the reading groups because I was like, this is so cool. So it ended up personal and professional. That's, That's awesome. so cool. That sounds like something Tanya would read based on everything <laughs> Tanya's ever recommended on this podcast. You would love it. It's so fun. Okay, I was just going to ask, do you think like my, my uh, 13-year-old would dig it? I do. The, the age group is fourth grade through seventh grade is like the demographic. Okay. But they're 13 years old when they are sorted. Right. So it might be perfect. It, it sounds like a world I want to live in, especially right now. Can we just, <laughs> can those know. creatives of us just go to another island? And Well, and I shared with the kids, I said, there are times right now that I'm feeling unwanted. You know, I said, I, I completely embrace this, this um, description is that I feel like I have this secret power that I'm not able to use all the time. And, oh, I'm telling you, you'll love it. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. All right, Aileen, you're up. What is your coda today? All right, so my husband and I just started listening to a band, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this band called Bonnie Light Horseman. Huh? No, okay. 
Um, so it's a great band, love the band, but then they have a song in particular called Jane Jane, like J-A-N-E, J-A-N-E, Jane Jane, which is like a partner song with Children Go Where I Send Thee. Oh my. What? Cool. It is the coolest pairing. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with this song. And the band, awesome. like the, the, there are other songs by this band, which are just fabulous. But yeah, Tanya, I'm going to guess based off of the fact that we often like the same obscure bands that mm -hmm. you will totally dig them. But I think oh, I bet. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Aileen. Mm -hmm. All right, Tanya, your turn. Well, I'm just so excited because now I've got like a new book series to read and a band to listen to, and I'm just going to be done with school. So <laughs> just going to hang out and not go anywhere and read and listen to stuff. Um, so I don't watch a lot of television normally because I just don't seem to have time. Uh, but us being all here, me and my husband and our two children, uh, we've been trying to watch shows. I'm trying to find shows that we can watch together, which can be very challenging because a lot of things are inappropriate. And, um, and this is from me who, I mean, both my, my, my son who is uh, 13 and my daughter who is 10, they are both watching slightly inappropriate things with us from time to time because it just seems like there's no way around it. Uh, so, you know, we got to draw the line somewhere. But on the recommendation of our friend Becca, Carrie, um, I started, we started watching a show together last night called Mixish, which is. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yes. Yes. yes from the same creators as Blackish, right? Uh, which I haven't, I, I think I've seen a little, tiny bit of, but it is such a good show. And it is like, it's appropriate for everybody and, and everybody enjoys it, which is kind of a tall order because uh, my son, he's a, kind of, he's very into dystopian you know, he's not, you're not going to catch him watching any Disney, anything that's really, you know, saccharine-like. So, uh, but this was something that we all liked. But the bad news is I can no, now only watch this with them. It's not something I can watch on my own. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fold the laundry and watch Mixish. Nope, nope. Because my, my daughter came in and she's like, hey, wait a minute. So um, it's a good show. And I'm sure everybody else is, I, I know it's several seasons into its run, but I'm just excited because I've got something new that everybody will dig. So one of my former students was on a guest character on Mixed Dish. It's Ooh. the episode, yeah. It's the episode where um, a group of girls wants her to dress up um, as a character from Facts of Life, I think. Oh my gosh, that was the episode I just started that my, sis my daughter made me stop. <laughs> yes, okay, well, so it's the uh, character that has, it's like one of the three girls that has long oh. dark hair, one of my former students, yeah. How awesome. Yeah, well, she's now in California, yeah. How fun, I also love it because it's all 1985. Yes. And I was, I was like, in junior high in 1985. So it's just right there for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Carrie. Okay, so we have a book, we have music, we have a TV show. So I'm gonna do something different to kind of round it out. Cool. So um, mine kind of crosses the line between personal and professional too, because I'm using it in both ways. Um, one of my things that I decided to do with my quote unquote free time or just stuck at home time was teach myself ukulele. Um, I got a ukulele for my birthday in August for my husband and I taught myself a couple of chords and then 
in the case it went and I barely touched it for a very long time. So I'm happy to be getting it back out again. And one of the YouTube channels that I stumbled upon is from Dr. Jill Rees, who's a, a music education professor somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where, maybe one of you know, but her YouTube channel of ukulele play alongs is really excellent. And so I've really enjoyed just sitting and playing ukulele myself. And then when we are back in school again. I'm excited because I, I don't have ukuleles yet, but I want to start getting ukuleles and do ukulele units with my kids. And these play-along videos, they're just really excellent because they're very clear. They're very simple. The songs are fun and appropriate. And I'm just really excited. Have you guys seen her channel yet? I don't think so. No, I'll check it out. I have just because of you, Carrie. So yeah, and it was this just this morning, I was reaffirmed. Uh, Tanya and I both went to a uh, a ukulele webinar hosted by the Atlanta ORF chapter with David Rao and he did an excellent job talking through how he teaches ukulele and he was using some of her play-alongs as well and I think it's she fun. also maybe has written a ukulele book I should know more but um, cool. at least the YouTube channel for now I'm, I'm a big fan um, if you're looking for ukulele play-along videos it's a really good place to go. What is her name again did you say Jill Reese? Uh, Reese R-E-E-S-E. -E -E. Okay cool thank you. Yeah they're great. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review to help others find this podcast. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. <laughs>